Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 12.33 in Edmonton. Uh, in our last segment, Brendan Escott and myself were discussing the 82-83 Kamloops Junior Oilers. Um, Bruce Holloway's team tied into a trivia question. Dean Evison was the answer. Uh he led the team in scoring that year, and I said, who was the coach? And, of course, it was Bill LaForge, legend. Absolute, long since gone. His son is the general manager of the Seattle uh, Thunderbirds. And not surprisingly, they tend to have the toughest team in the Western League because Bill's teams, wherever they went, generally speaking, you could count on one thing. They were tough, which undoubtedly our next guest will uh, certainly attest to. It is 1234 in Edmonton. And we'll tell you that guests in the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving the night of the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse as we go to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. River Cree and Legacy Heating and Cooling partnering up for something coming up on Saturday night. We'll be telling you about that at 1 o'clock. Our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How are you doing? Happy Monday, Bob. Happy Monday. Bill LaForge. <laughs> so, so I, I listen, um, we all know his reputation. Uh, his PhD, right? Wasn't it PhD? That's what he used to uh, prophesize uh, uh, physical hustle and desire, something like that. Yes. Anyway, so uh, I, the funny thing was that the, the summer that LaForge got hired by the Vancouver Canucks, there was another coach available, and the Canucks had to decide between Bill LaForge and Mike Keenan. <laughs> Keenan, Keenan actually flew himself out to Vancouver to intru- uh, to interview with the Griffith family. Oh man! Uh, oh, I know, I know. And and so that summer, the Canucks had to decide between Bill LaForge and Mike Keenan, and they chose LaForge for one simple reason: he was coaching in British Columbia. Nothing other than that. They didn't. They they liked both guys, but because of his time in Kamloops, they figured he was a British Columbian, and of course, uh, needless to say, he was hardly a success story in Vancouver and didn't even finish the season. Now, if I recall correctly, did not Mike Keenan not coach the University of Toronto in eighty three eighty four? That's right. Yeah, because remember he got. Uh, uh, he, he got brought into the, the, the whole professional side by Tom Watt, who was the long-time yeah, he coach. He coached Toronto. He won the, it. He, that's yeah. right. They, that's that's right. the last national championship the U of T won, by the way. It was in 83-84. Uh, so he coached. I'm sure, Tom will t- I'm sure Tom will tell me that when I see him next time. So, and, and so how about this? Uh, so that was 83-84. Oh, sorry. That was, yeah, that was 83-84. Yeah, yeah. 83-84? Yeah, 83-84, yeah. he was at the U of T. So he's in Rochester. In the A, he won. He won the the Calder Cup. Keenan did in eighty two, eighty three with Rochester. Goes to U of T. Wins. I don't know how the hell he ends up at the U of T in eighty three, eighty four. I'm not sure because he played at. He's, well, he remember he got he got he got hired in Rochester by Scotty Bowman. Right. 
See, Scotty was the general manager of the Sabres. The Sabres farm team was Rochester. Uh, and there obviously was a either a, a contractual issue or something. And Keenan left. And part of his deal was he was still getting paid. So he could not coach professional hockey the following year. Oh, well, so he had to go back to he had he had to go back to college or university hockey in order to continue his coaching profession. Well, he he played at Keenan played at St. Lawrence and then finished up at the U of T and then ended up getting into coaching. Uh, I mean, he went in Peterborough. Of course, there's the whole Peterborough Mafia. That's another story. <laughs> then he goes to Roch, has success there. Then he wins, like, he basically won, like, OHL championship, uh, AHL championship, University Cup championship. Then the next year he's coaching the Flyers, and he's playing the owners of the Stanley Cup final. This, yeah. <laughs> and they went with Bill LaForge. Things, things were different in 1985. Uh, Bob, because the night before game five at the Coliseum, the Hockey Night in Canada crew were out a little late. No. And who, yeah, I know it's hard to believe. We're out a little late that night. And who's in the bar with us? Bobby Clark and Mike Keenan. <laughs> and I, that, that just, that just would not happen in 2022, would it? Speak for yourself, John. <laughs> oh, well, well, it might, might, it might happen in the with, with the Ched broadcast crew. You and Michaels, you're, you're, and Cam, you're trouble on the road, so that's okay. You know what? Jack doesn't even need to try. Like Jack, Jack, <laughs> oh, like he, he can. There's certain guys that he, he's got. You know, he can go if he wants to go. He can go. He's always full of you know what and vinegar, and he's ready to go. I've mellowed yeah. significantly. With I'm not saying that I've ever. I don't think I've ever. To be honest with you, guys just don't simply drink the way they used to. That's uh, that's just the reality of life today. I think you would agree with that, John. Like, I don't think that the younger generation, like we might, and people can correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, I'll ask 18 to 25 year olds or 18 to 30 year olds. Do you drink four nights a week? Because I may have known some guys. I may have known some guys from 1988 until maybe 1998, from 22 to 32, that might have pounded four nights a week back in the day. I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, I might have known some guys that ran a little hard. I, I think people consume way less alcohol now, John, than they used to 30 years ago. What a loaded question that would be, Bob. Well, what a loaded question. Do you drink four nights a week, folks? <laughs> well, you're—I mean, you're opening up the Pandora's box, talking about the fact that the Philly Brain Trust was—is that because they knew the series? Because they got pounded pretty good in Game Five. <laughs> no question. Did they ever? But Bill, Did they the, ever? the funny the funny thing about Bill Forge is his—I his, mean, Bill has long since passed. He actually ended up managing the Edmonton Huskies football team for a while after he sort of cycled out of hockey. Uh, but ironically enough, like that's the team that Reed Schaefer plays for in Seattle. Bill, uh, you know, and I, I was just I was just talking to some guys downstairs. At one time, they had Cade McNally, who was a super tough kid in the Western Hockey League. They had Lucas Yona, who the Flames brought in. Uh, they had Kubasek, who the Oil Kings ended up getting, and uh, and 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 you know they have Schaefer. Like they have real. 
Dave uh, Bauer, who was uh, Terrell Bauer, who was with the Jets organization, like they had the toughest, and that's the Sun. So now they have a good team. They might be able to win. They might be able to win the uh, WHL, but they are a throwback WHL team. Like, and and Bill Jr. is the GM of that team. So there you have it. I mean, because the stories about LaForge were legendary, right? Like, yes, totally. Like totally. They, do you remember when they got beat thirteen nothing in Edmonton? I don't. Like I, I might have. Hey, listen. I might have produced the game at about eight. After eight nothing, you kind of go. You get your eyes glazed over. I think you over. produced. Well, the story. The story was. I think it was on a Friday night, and they yeah. lost thirteen nothing to the Oilers. But there were about six fights in the third period. Okay, because they're getting the crap kicked out of them. And legend yeah. had it that the team flew back that night after the game. Somehow they got a late flight, and this is before team charters. They and they flew back after the game, and they went to the Pacific Coliseum, and the guys all had to run stairs, with the exception of the fighters, or or, or either run stairs or they, they had to do sprints on the ice or whatever, because the fighters all fought and did their job, but the goal scores, the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> is that something you think he would do? Uh, that, I, I, I've heard something to that effect, yeah. By the way, I think the Canucks owned their own plane that year. Oh, did they? They bought a plane. Yeah, yeah. They they were one of the first teams to buy a plane. Well, that would, uh, that would make some sense. And it was the Griffiths family that uh, right. they had control of Wick back then, right? Or, or was... Or... Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, 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 owned, they were the majority shareholders of Western International Communications. They are that owned radio stations. And basically, let's face it, right now is the... Uh, is the the spine of what chorus is right now correct right yeah, well so, i mean eventually harold rusen your your good friend harold rusen <laughs> and it ended up becoming president yeah. of WIC for a number of years some oh, have referred man. i'm not saying who but some have referred to harold rusen for the listeners that are unaware as a former member of the eig some have referred to harold as the kaiser Soze of edmonton money so. <laughs> Yeah, I hope Harold's listening to hear this. He occasionally listens to the show. He's out on the coast right now. All right. uh, Hey, speaking of old school, Mitch McLean was running around from Calgary on Wednesday and Friday night. Darnell Nurse ended up getting in a couple fights with him. I'd like the listeners to give me their thoughts. Text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Do you have a problem with Darnell? Like, he didn't have a fight all last season. The Oilers only had seven as a team. Did you have an issue with Darnell taking matters into his own hand, or conversely, should the Oilers, for the purposes of preseason, ensure that they have a guy that can handle that sort of stuff so it doesn't have to be Darnell? What do you think? Well, you know, the fascination is is where is fighting in the game now, uh, even in preseason. We haven't seen that many. I mean, I know, I know the two nights you're talking about with – you know, with the Battle of Alberta is one thing, but it's it's it is such a non-factor now in the game because fighting is different than the art of intimidation. So from from that perspective, I would say that I don't have I don't have a problem with Darnell doing that. You know, I mean, do do I worry that he's getting hurt? I think Darnell's smart enough in preseason to know they're not going to do anything silly to get hurt. And if that's the case, then I'm I'm fine with it. Okay. Uh, Dylan Holloway. And that, we, geez, wow. we this whole sequence started, John, because we were talking about Bruce Holloway and the Kamloops Junior Oilers that were owned by Peter Pocklington at that time. Uh, Dylan Holloway tonight on the line with Tri-Settle Hyman. Your thoughts? Well, there, he's getting every opportunity, and, and most importantly, he's creating the opportunities for himself. I mean, Saturday night in Winnipeg, 
Well, I, I, I had three goalposts. What do you have? Yeah. Yeah. So I, he and he, there's no question that he is making the decision difficult for Kenny and Jay. Um, and, and truly, uh, I mean, if, if he can fit in even to some level on a line tonight with Leon, then you, then you're, then the, the thought process of this and he's better in Bakersfield for the first few games. Uh, I think you may have to rethink it. You know, what might make some sense, Bob, is in many ways do do what they did with Yamamoto. You know, nine games, play the nine games. Go and if and if you're still got a few questions, go down and then come back up because you will know what it takes to be a pro by the time you come back up. So, uh, but Dylan Holloway's making it difficult on this this crew of guys to keep him off the team, and that's that's a positive sign. For three games, for two of the three games, he's been the best order skater on the ice. Like he's, yep. I'm 100% with you. John, total curveball for you. Sports Business Journal has just tweeted out that the National Hockey League is replacing traditional signage on rink boards with virtual ads using digitally enhanced dashboards. This is the way of the future. Your thoughts? Well, we first saw this, Bob, way back in 2016 at the World Cup of Hockey in Toronto. And technology has improved in the in the six years. Uh, this is going to become a huge asset, not for not just for the for the home team, but the road team. It's going to be you know it's going to become more interactive for viewers on television. Uh, it won't affect anybody that goes to the arena. It is strictly for broadcast. And so, from that perspective, if it can help create revenue for both the players and the owners, as we talk about the salary cap increasing in 2024, then it has to be a positive. For me, though, the issue becomes, Bob, as long as it's not distracting. And that will be the challenge. Early on, people will want to play with the toy. Just make sure the toy doesn't distract. Well, I found the Fox uh, tracking puck. I thought that I, I thought that was distracting when it first came out. Yeah, but that 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 that's rudimentary. That was 1996. That's rudimentary compared to what they can do now. So, do they not have the signage in the building at all? Then they just have whiteboards. Well, I think you can have. I think you can still sell your rig boards for your for yes. your arena, but you'll you, you can cover them, and you won't notice what the rink boards are. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah. So you. So it's it's creating another stream of revenue for sure. Yeah. No. Quite well, and that's, and it's interesting about the jerseys because there are teams that have got jersey placement. The Oilers, as of this time, do not. We'll see. Is there? Is that another marketing opportunity for an organization? Another revenue source? What do you think, John? Well, it, it certainly is. I mean, uh, like for instance, uh, some teams elect to do it at only on home games, not on road games. You can, you can, uh, for instance, Montreal only has it on their home sweaters right now. Um, Toronto has it on both home and road. Uh, but it, you know, it, this has been again. I remember sitting in a board meeting in New York City in 2005, 2006, sorry, and this topic came up. Uh, and it had to be at a certain point where the revenue stream was viable. And 
you know, between what happened with the pandemic and trying to regain revenues that way, uh, we are now at a point where, where it is viable. Some people may not like it. I'm not sure I like it. Uh, from a from a purist perspective, but it is a reality of sports in 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 North America and a reality of sports in the world. By the way, John, just to conclude, you mentioned and you told the story, and I did not know that Mike Keenan was the other option for the Canucks when the Griffiths owned the family or uh, Griffiths family owned the Canucks back in the eighties, and they went with Bill LaForge. Um, the Canucks eventually did get Mike Keenan, and I'd have to say, my guess is who's liked less in Vancouver. Mike Keenan or Mark Messier? Oh, Messier. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Messier is is, uh, persona non grata. It's not fair. It's not right. uh, But it's a reality. Right. And the two are kind of tied to each other. So there's some (laughs) stuff that went on there. John, great stuff. We'll talk uh, Thursday at uh, one thirty Edmonton time. Right on, Bob. 12.49 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. I'm at Rogers Place. The Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. Exhibition game number six tonight. We'll take a timeout, and then we're going to get the truth from you. And, boy, I learned a lot about the fact that apparently guys are still running hard, and good for you for doing that. Uh, we'll get to some texts when we return on Oilers now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1251 in Edmonton. I asked you uh, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. So I said, here's the deal. Um, I personally do not believe people drink the way they used to drink. I am, uh, well, people have different perspectives on this. Brendan, you're basically half my age. You and your buddies, do they run hard or, or do, a little bit more conscientious about, uh, you know, infusing a little bit more water into their diet? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I would ever claim to run hard, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, Haji says, Bob, I started my career in 1996 and morning briefings consisted of a table full of hungover, barely awake men with black coffees and a pack of darts in front of them. Now morning briefings are attended by a group of people coming in their morning run workout gear with protein shakes and protein bars in front of them. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, we got a lot on this topic, and I just got to work my way through them. Big Bad Joe, who is uh, Dutch, I believe, we started Thursday night and stopped Monday morning back in the day in Holland. Awesome time for Big Bad Joe. Uh, Bob, they don't drink like they used to. Better come up to Peace Country for a visit. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Oh, yeah, I... Thank you for that. Uh, Bob LaForge also coached the Bonneville Pontiacs. Did he? I did not know that. Okay. Uh, it's not It's not Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Don is commenting on Dylan Holloway. My take on him, he has spelled awe. <laughs> 
I, is it possible, Brendan, that he's got voice texting and that's what's mis... Anyways, here's my take on Dylan Holloway. He is not in awe of the NHL. He wants the puck. A very good passer. Seems to pick up speed when he gets the puck on a stick. He is fast and focused. The Don likes Holloway. Well, they got something going with Holloway. Um... Uh, Cletus says, Bob, the younger generations are blank. Uh, I only drink when I'm alone or with somebody else, says Cletus. There you go. You can text us at 780-496. I do think that there's certainly... uh, The Grinder says... The grinder says, me and most of my friends still drink quite as much as back then, but maybe a bit more water than you guys. <laughs> Always mix in a water. Make sure you stay hydrated. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Lance from Leduc says, I rarely drink, and I'm really glad that uh, we're that the normalizing of it has gone down. Well, I, I just think we're way more conscientious. There's, there's no question about it. Like... <laughs> Far less, and I could be stand corrected. Like the vigilance out there dealing with this, what was acceptable in terms of drinking and driving 30, 35 years ago compared to now, we've got much more awareness on that front, and people are better educated on it than ever uh, before. Alex disagrees. He says, uh, it's another story. Uh, he says, NHL players don't drink like they used to. Regular people is another story. That one comes to us from Alec. So, again, you could uh, keep it coming. Darnell Nurse, uh, what do you think, Brendan? Did you have an issue with what transpired? You were here in the building. I mean, you sat there and watched Mitch McLean, and I looked at Cam Moon on the flight going to Calgary Wednesday and said, this guy's going to be a little shift disturber on the ice, and that's what he was Wednesday, and then uh, Daryl Sutter dressed him again Friday. He took an inside... If you weren't in the building, you wouldn't have seen it, but he took an inside track on Connor McDavid and tried to low-bridge him in the first period, Uh, and then he obviously got the Oilers uh, quite upset as the game got a piece of of Andrew Kane. Nurse fought him the first time. Darnell lost his balance, and then he fought him the second time, and the kid took the fight, and then it was kind of over. Do you have a problem with that? What do you think? Not at all. And it it didn't look like he was throwing anything heavy uh, heavy enough. You know, you worry about the injury. Okay, you don't want him to see a finger go on uh, on a guy's helmet. But it didn't really look like that kind of tilt. And the other thing I'll say is, if they had actually gotten that first tilt going instead of sort of the uh, the judo throw in the first place, I'm not so sure that they would have had to go a second time. Right. The other telling thing is that Evander Kane was right there, willing to jump in and do the same. So neither one of your top two. Uh, fighters slash performers, so to speak, was uh, saying that this isn't a good idea. They were both willing to say I know, up. but do you do that for the Mitch McLeans of the world? Or do you make sure you, you have... precedent. Do you have a Mitch McLean on your team for those preseason? Calgary values size. They value toughness. They value competitiveness. You know they're going to... And, and the thing is, you can't intimidate with your power play in the regular season and in the playoffs. Can't afford to take stupid penalties. But in the preseason, sometimes you can take shots at players. I don't know. It's a, I think it's a fair discussion to be had. Frankly, I'd like to have... I wouldn't be at all uh, 
we've got a competitive camp taking place. I don't think it'd be the end of the world to have a guy that could take care of a little bit of business if the Flames are going to address that in their lineup. That's my take. Don't have to agree with it. Let's go to Brandon. I'm going to go to this text from Brandon and Windsor because I completely disagree with them. Bob, uh, Jacob Chikrin is the absolute top of the mountain that I feel that Philip Broberg may become. And I'm all about win now, and Chikrin will help that cause. Broberg, a first, Pugliarvi, and Savoy for Chikrin. That one comes to us from Brandon in Windsor. I would not do that deal. I don't know what the value is in yes, a Pugliarvi at this stage. I'm not, I don't even know if Ken Holland can get a second-round draft choice for him. But there's a lot of you out there that seem to really like Jacob Chikrin. I don't know how many of you have actually watched. Like, I had, oh, he's a stone-cold Bordelock first-pairing defenseman. Well, the orders have Darnell Nurse, okay? And he's got a different dimension than Jacob Chikrin. We'll see. Again, you can text us, 780-496-0063. Bob, uh, the Oilers' Achilles heel this year will be that they're soft, and you can't have guys like Darnell Nurse fighting. Uh, Text comes to us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Yeah, he came underneath. uh, McLean kind of came underneath and tried to get inside positioning on Connor and I tell you, I was a little bit surprised, but maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, again, you can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. More of text coming up. We're going to tell you about a little event that's going to take place. Oh, and we're going to have a Jay Woodcroft one on one that we're going to run at one o five, but not before I tell you because I got a whole bunch of stuff to uh, get to here. That if you're looking for another great Oilers road trip, we have sold out the trip to New York City in November. But uh, guess what? You can uh, join Oilers Now listeners in Vegas this January to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights and all of the famous Vegas attractions. This new West travel hockey package includes airfare three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel in the Strip. Game tickets will have a welcome reception with yours truly. For the Oilers Now uh, Vegas hockey package, call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell and back with Jay Woodcroft on Oilers Now.